praise God. I want to do something tonight. It might be a little bit different, but I don't know. Maybe you might want to think it's a snack during the message. I don't know, but I'm just wondering, perhaps I want uh, Steve Stewart. You know, you great guy. Would you do me a favor? Would you uh, grab that bucket right there? You're going to understand why I'm handing these out in just a moment. Will you bring me one first? Serve me first. But I'd like for everyone to take one of these, one of these bags. If you would, and just go ahead and pass it out there, Steve, and they'll just take it out of the bucket. And the reason why I want you to take this is that I'm hoping that this might cause you to remember what this message is. I don't know, maybe I'm just hung up on the idea of coffee. You know, I hope every time you drink a, coffee, a cup of coffee now, you think a little bit different. When you're in the store and you start buying coffee and you look at the labels and see if it says uh, bold and balanced on it or bold, that it might cause you to remember this vision and understand this day and time we're in that it's a season of boldness. So I'm glad I brought up coffee because maybe as many times as we, some of us drink coffee, it will cause us to remember our mission, our commission. We have a mandate by Jesus Christ to go out to all the world and preach the gospel. We have a mandate, a mandate. You know, here in America, when a president wins by a certain percentage of vote in the election, then, and if it's a landslide, then it's considered to be there's a mandate to follow his agenda and what he has planned, and that Congress will go along with it. Well, let me tell you, Jesus has given us a mandate. Why? Because he is king of kings, and he's lord of lords. Nobody will ever vote him in. He will always be on the throne. So therefore, he's given us a mandate. To go into the world and spread the gospel. Go in the world and let our light shine. And so right now, I hope everyone's taking one of these. And you're not going to bother me if you snack on them while I preach. Because there's a reason why. You don't have to. You can save them for later. Maybe you're allergic to almonds. But there's a reason why I want you to have this today or tonight. Let's pray. Father... In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We ask you, Lord, that the Holy Ghost will cause us to understand this message more than anything, God, that your spirit will help this speaker, this preacher, to be able to share with clarity, with an anointing, with words straight from your throne to your people, God, that we'll leave this house tonight with a fresh word with a word from you, instruction from you, vision from you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask it, Father. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you, if you will, to turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. And I'm going to read verse 11 and 12. Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. When I count to three, I want everyone to say out loud, 
Lord, I'm ready to receive your word. One, two, three. Lord, I'm ready to receive your word. Jeremiah 1, 11 and 12 says in the King James Version Bible, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Now in the New King James Version, the same two verses of Scripture. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. And then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. For I am ready to perform my word. God's word is not empty words. God's word isn't a waste of time nor just something that might fill space and time. But God's word is something that he will perform and he will do it. If he says he will do it, he will do it. The Hebrew word for almond, and we find the word almond and hasten, are almost the same word. They use the same root word. It's given to on an account of almond trees. Almond trees there in Israel is that an almond tree will put forth its blossoms so early before anything else blooms, even in generally in February and sometimes in January, the blossoms will come out and the tree will put out its beautiful blossoms. The almond tree bears its blossoms in the middle of winter on a naked leafless stem. And these blossoms, which are reddish to begin with and flesh-colored in the beginning, seem at the time of their fall when they fall they're completely white when they fall the word the Hebrew name for almond is shakad signifying wakeful hastening with speed so the almond had everything when God spoke to Jeremiah and he was going to give him a word, though the word was a warning to the people of judgment. Nonetheless, God says, Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah says, I see the branch of the almond tree and the blossoms there. And God says, you see well, because as surely as you see this tree hasten with its blossoms and blooms and going to yield fruit in its season, as surely as you have seen that happen, I will hasten my word. I will make sure that my word, I, I am ready to perform my word. What are we to think about the days that we're living in right now? We need to think about this. God is ready to perform his word. 
You know, we wonder and we question about the days and times that we live in, but God is ready to perform his word. God's people need to act and live as though we are winners, though we are, and that we're victorious, and that God's word is the final word, no matter what all the news networks may say, and all the bleak news, and all the lies, and all the falsehood, and everything around us that we don't know what to believe in, we can believe in God's word, because God, when he says, it he means it and he will do it the Hebrew name for almonds is shakeh and it signifies the hastening with speed I still believe in the suddenlies of the Bible I still believe in the suddenlies of the Bible because in 1 Kings chapter 19, 11 through 13, when Elijah was on the run from Jezebel after his life was threatened, Elijah told God, I'm the only one who's serving you. But then the scripture says, then he said, God said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face as his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Suddenly God will speak to us in the midst of all the calamity and the noise and the elements being affected. You know, a lot of bad stuff may be going on, but it could be that God is marching by and that the elements are affected because of his holiness and his greatness and his power. And this whole earth is filled with so much sin that it seems to shake and quake with the worst of things and things seem to be getting worse rather than better. But God comes by and suddenly there's a still, small voice. Somebody in the house know what it is to have that still, small voice that speaks to you when you think nobody cares or nobody is listening that there's that still small voice I believe that I believe in the suddenly that suddenly something will happen suddenly a still small voice second Kings 2 and 11 Elijah and Elisha are talking it's getting toward the close of Elijah's ministry then the Bible says then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Suddenly, here come the chariot. Suddenly, God appeared to take Elijah out of the place and out of the situation to carry him away into glory. Suddenly, I believe in the God of suddenlies. Amen. And suddenly that hastenness of God, God says to do it, he'll do it. In Acts 2, 2 and 4, on the day of Pentecost, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a, mighty, as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire and one sat on each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Suddenly they waited for the promise and wondered when it was going to come and they waited and tarried in that upper room and suddenly... God poured out his spirit in Acts 9 and 3. Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus and making havoc of the church and going to persecute the church on his way to Damascus. That as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Suddenly a light came come. Suddenly God can intervene in a situation. Suddenly can God can change a man. Suddenly God can change a nation. Suddenly God can bring revival in a world that's so lost and seems like we're too far gone. Suddenly God can do something because I believe still in the God of suddenlies. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean suddenly here it is. In the hour that you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Jesus has come suddenly. Suddenly. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the trump's going to sound. We're going to be called out of here suddenly. Amen. Glory to God. Then Paul and Cyrus in prison in Acts 16, 26 and at midnight, and their backs were bruised and bleeding after being beaten, and their feet were put in stocks, and there at the midnight hour, they began to worship God, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. You know why? God is a foundation shaker. God is a shaker. He will shake and that which will last will remain and that that is superficial will be fallen away. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the rock and the solid foundation. Jesus is the chief cornerstone which we build upon and it doesn't matter what may happen in our life. Jesus will sustain us. God will shake he will shake and he will literally, if need be, to bring revival to this nation and our community and to get the attention of the people. He will shake us to get our attention because he loves us, because he's out to save. Amen. He's out to save. Now, the almonds are considered to be the best fruit. Back into, let's talk about a little bit about, I'd like to share a little bit on just the title of the message is In One Night. In One Night. And we talked about where that Jeremiah, God told him, he said, you have seen well, Jeremiah, when you've seen the branch of an almond tree, for I'm ready to perform my word. God is ready to hasten and to perform his word word in our lives but in but the almonds that you have right here it's considered to be and scripture says is are the best fruit in Genesis 43 and 11 Jacob desired his sons to take them to Egypt 
If you remember in the account of Scripture, Joseph was in Egypt. There was a famine in the land. Joseph, a famine in the land, and Jacob sent his sons to get food and try to bring food back to the Holy Land. And in Egypt, Joseph was there, and the, he was next to Pharaoh's command. And you know the, the whole account of Scripture where that they are going to buy something and Joseph realizes that his brothers are there. They don't realize it's him, and so he sends them back, but he keeps one of the brothers and sends them back and had to come back and bring Benjamin with them and, and all this. this. This exchange situation was going on. So when they made it back home, Jacob told his sons to take with them to Egypt of the best fruits of the land found in Genesis 43 and 11 as a, as a present to Joseph which he didn't know it was Joseph but taking it him the almonds because uh, maybe perhaps that tree wasn't a native tree in Egypt you know almonds are special they're, of, they're the best fruit they're the what's considered to be a delicacy. It was something special. Listen, I tell you, if I lived in ancient times, I, I think almonds with a little bit of honey would be pretty good, you know, out of everything else that they might eat. You know, I think it's a nice break. I don't know about you, but I like almonds, and I'll eat almonds, and if you don't like almonds, I'll take yours. But the fact is, is that, is that almonds is the best fruit according to Scripture. Remember that, best fruit. In Numbers chapter 17, I want, to look, I want us to look at this just for a moment. You understand where we're going. In Numbers 17, 1 through 11, And the Lord spoke to Moses. What in the context of this scripture is that there had been an uprising against Moses and Aaron, the authority of Aaron. Korah had rose up with some men and, and they went and they, they were challenged they were going to challenge the priests of all of them to bring a censer and stand before the tent of God and there God would answer them and God surely answered them. All of them lost their life. The ground opened up and swallowed up all their families and 250 men were burned alive, burned by, to a cinder because they held the censers and, and, and not only that was that that the censers were melted down God told Eleazar to take the censers that they used and melt them down and make a plates out of them and, 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 and line the altar with the plates of the brass of those censers then the next day there's a group of men who come and stand before Moses and Aaron and says that you have killed the men of God. The man, the audacity. You know how bad people can get in their spiritual condition not to read this thing? Ground opens up. Fire comes out. The fierceness. They know about the fire because that generation saw the, the, the pillar of fire by night that guided them at nighttime through the wilderness. And here it is, this fire and the ground opening up. But then they're mad and they go and stand and they rebel against authority. God takes care of them. But then another crowd comes and they rebel against authority. And God gets so upset that he told Aaron and Moses, get out of the way, step aside because I'm going to, I'm going to kill them all. 
That's really what he was going to do. I'm going to kill them all. The Bible says that Moses tells Aaron, he says, you know, like the censor, go before God. And if it were not for Aaron interceding on behalf of the people, the entire nation would have been lost. I believe Scripture says that there were 14,000 people that were killed before Aaron could finally light up the fire and incense to stop it. Then God says to Moses, the Lord spoke to Moses in chapter 17. He says, saying, speak to the children of Israel and get from them a rod from each father's house. All the, their leaders, according to their father's houses, there were 12 rods. Write each man's name on his rod, and you shall write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi. The Lord gave the tribe of Levi to Aaron as his inheritance is in the priesthood. For there shall be one rod for the head of each father's house, and then you shall place them in the tabernacle meeting before the testimony. You know, the testimony is the ark, before the ark, before the testimony, where I meet with you. And it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom. Thus I will rid myself of the complaints of the children of Israel, which they make against you. Isn't that funny how, you know, God's anointing, God's anointed can be an insult to God if you challenge them and give them a heart. That's why people need to be careful in, in the church house how they treat the anointed leaders in God's kingdom because, hey, God's taking it personal about him, how they're going to treat Aaron and going to treat Moses. I'm not saying that, hey, I, I could pay an evangelist to come up and say this instead of me. But it, it goes everywhere. If I don't respect my authorities and I uh, criticize my bishop, my leaders, my spiritual heads, then God takes it personal. But be careful. Be, be careful how you touch those things and touch God's anointed. So here he says, Then you'll place in the tabernacle meeting before the testimony where I meet with you, and it shall be that the rod of man, of the man whom choose, whom I choose will blossom. Thus I will rid myself of the complaints of the children of Israel, which they make against you. So Moses spoke to the children of Israel, and each of their leaders gave them the rod apiece for each leader according to their father's houses, twelve rods, and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses placed the rod before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. Now it came to pass on the next day. Now it came to pass on the next day. I want you to hold on to that, okay? On the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness and behold the rod of Aaron of the house of Levi, which is a house of priests, had sprouted and put forth buds, had produced blossoms, and yielded ripe almonds. Okay. Hey. Yielded ripe almonds. Yielded the best fruit. Ripe almonds. Then Moses brought out all the rods before the people, before the Lord, to all the children of Israel. And they looked, and each man took his rod, and the Lord said to Moses, Bring Aaron's rod back before the testimony to be kept as a sign against the rebels. God said, put it in the ark. It's preserved in the ark. 
It's going to be a memorial of my purpose, of the anointing upon my people. You say, what does that have to do with me? According to God, they're telling Moses he wanted to make a nation of priests. According to the New Testament in Jesus Christ in 1 Peter 2 and 9, that we're a royal priesthood, a chosen people. Amen. We've been called by God. That we should show forth praises unto him that's brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So I'm looking in a room here, not of just ordinary folk, but I'm looking at a room filled with anointed folk, anointed people, priests, called of God to be worshipers, to be used for his glory. You're anointed, you're chosen. It's not by chance that you're here. You've been anointed to be here. It's not by chance you're doing what you're doing. You've been anointed to do what you're doing. You've been chosen by God. And the Lord said to Moses, bring Aaron's rod back before the testimony to be kept as a sign against the rebels that you may put their complaints away with me lest they die. You do a lot of complaining, you're going to die. Do you hear me? You get up complaining. You go through the day complaining. You go to bed at night complaining. You are shortening your life. You live in negativity. You're going to talk in negativity. You're going to abide in negativity. You're going to find people that are in negativity. You're going to have friends in negativity. No, you won't have any real friends. Just somebody else like you don't want to complain like you do. But the fact is, if you live that way, I'm telling you, you're going to shorten your life. God's not going to give you blessing. You're not going to flourish in a life of complaining. You won't keep your anointing if you live a life of complaining. You won't be separated by God and blessed by God in his favor if you live a life of complaining. If there was anything the children of Israel did that God hated more than anything was their murmuring and complaining. And because they complained, God led them through the wilderness. God fed them. He gave them clothes that lasted for 40 years and shoes that lasted for 40 years. And angel food came down from heaven every day and they could gather. God provided for them, gave them meat in the wilderness. There was, as one writer says in Scripture, there's a table in the wilderness. God has taken care of you and I. Don't you think we shouldn't complain? Yeah, prices are going to go up. Gas is going to probably go up again and there's going to be inflation and there's going to be this and that and all this stuff. What are we to do? I'll tell you what we're supposed to do. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all the benefits that he's given us. He has uh, delivered us uh, from all of our iniquities. We're going to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh, you ain't, you ain't blessing God if you're complaining. It's just going to be people, you know, because God don't like complainers. He, I've never seen a complaint be worship. You know? If we don't like hearing the complaining, then what do you think God, how he looks at it? Uh, he'll say, keep that to yourself. Tell me something about me. 
Tell me, tell me how much you appreciate what I've done for you and what I'm doing for you. Tell me how much you anticipate the future that I've given you and how much you anticipate what I'm going to do for you. Oh, we may be getting into times that we can't do anything about. We're just going to go through and have faith in God. But we're not going to begrudge. We're going to glorify God and praise him. Oh, you'll be praising God at the gas pump while others are complaining to one another. I can't believe the price of this gas. But you're going to be a worshiper and glorify God. God's going to provide. Never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging for bread. God's going to take care of you. Why? Because you're anointed. Why? Because your rod has been segregated from everything else of the world. Why? Because you're a royal priesthood. Why? Because in the middle of the test, in just one night in the presence of God will take a dead stick that is a staff and suddenly make it bloom and blossom and bud and fruit already to appear in one night in the presence of God. I told you I believe in the suddenlies. I believe he can suddenly set us free. He can suddenly deliver us. He can suddenly heal us. He can suddenly fill us with the Holy Ghost. I just happen to believe in the God of suddenlies. I don't know what we're waiting for. We pray to him. I mean, don't we just expect? But something's going to happen in the suddenness. Hallelujah. Connecting with God, the presence of God, will bring recognition to who we are in God. Don't you know that if we humble ourselves before God, he will exalt us in due season if we humble ourselves? If we worship him and submit ourselves to him, God will elevate us and he will allow our rods to blossom and bloom. And suddenly we've got almonds. We have almonds. Not only is a dead wood, a dead wood of the staff restored to life, but the life rushes forward. Listen, God doesn't go backwards. He moves forward. On that rod of Aaron, you can see a beginning, a mid-stage, and a finishing point. You can see the development of what God is doing. You have these almonds because when you eat them, I want you to eat them in joy and say, God, you're doing something with me. You're going to produce in my life. You're going to provide fruit in my life. And at whatever stage I am, you're taking care of me. You're giving me life. From buds, blossoms, and fruit, at the same time, God moved on that rod. Now that rod, what you got to understand, most of the staves that men carry were made of almond trees. I don't know if you knew that, but they were branches from the almond, usually the commonplace. And that's why, just, you know, God's saying, listen... I'm taking what? Something that was thought to be separated and separate. Something that has sat in the hot sun and dried out. Not a bit of sap in it. Not a bit of hope in it. Just something you hold on to. It's a resemblance of life that used to be. But it's been stripped down. It's been carved away. It's been molded, shaped into a staff into something else than what it was originally supposed to be. But God says that's okay. Life can bring that in, uh, against 
God, life can bring adversity and hardships and life can say, the world can say, you are something else than what God wants you to be. The world will accuse you of all your sins and your flaws and your faults and your weaknesses. The world will say that, look at you, you're dried up. You're dead. There's no chance. There's no sap. There's no excitement. The Bible says the trees of the Lord are full of sap. Did you know that? The Bible says that the trees of the Lord are full of sap. Something happened in that overnight situation. Something happened uh, to the one stick above all the other sticks. Uh, it was that God says, I'm going to allow the sap to flow through this branch once again. And supernaturally, I'm going to allow it to produce and to be something more than what they would ever imagine it to be. You know what God wants to do with you? He wants to make you an example. He wants to make us an example to the glory of God, to the world. God wants to bless you. It just took one night in God's presence. One night in the Lord's hand, the work of all seasons can be done in one night. Acceleration. Suddenly. Something can happen. I've seen people who are called to preach that less than two years could preach better than someone that preached for 30 years because God accelerated them into their calling and they sold out to God. They were willing to spend the one night with God. They were willing to let God do with them what he wants to do with them. There were three types of almond trees in the Holy Land, in that region. Two of them were wild and had bitter, bitter almonds, bitter fruit, but only one was the one that was a delicacy, and it was a domesticated tree. See, what it is, when we allow God, when we allow Jesus to be the shepherd, allow him to raise us up, and we submit to him, then suddenly the fruit or the blessing will come by a domesticated branch. Not a wild branch, but a domesticated branch, a domesticated tree, a cultivated tree. And the Lord cultivates us. What is, what's happening to you right now? You're being cultivated you're being you and I are being cultivated God is doing something with us the dead dry rod or staff of Aaron that budded flowered produced almonds was not only the work of a sudden of the sudden miraculous but also illustrates God's wonderful ability to cultivate a miracle maybe you're in the cultivating process you're on that staff and you're represented. Maybe you're budding. Maybe you're not budding. Maybe you're blooming. Or maybe, maybe you're at the mature state of producing fruit. Nonetheless, you're a part of the miracle. Nonetheless, it's not, it, you know, the Lord's able to work in every stage of our life. He'll work with us. He'll bring the miracle in every stage progressive stage 
in our lives. Some of you may be called to preach and say, I don't think I could ever get in front of people like Pastor Micah does or Pastor Ron does or anyone else or Cindy or others that are, well, you know, that, that don't mind getting loud in the microphone. But I want you to know that we're not any better than you. We're just God is, we're on that staff. We're a part of that staff. And that God is cultivating us, each and every one of us. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, Paul said, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. God is working in our life. Praise God. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm walking in God's presence and I'm a miracle in progress. Go on, say, come on. Or just say, I'm a miracle in progress. Look what God's doing. I'm a miracle in progress. Amen. I'm in his care. I'm in the developmental stage. He's not finished with me yet. He's doing something with me. He's bringing glory through me in life. Hallelujah. I may be a bud, but eventually I'm going to be an almond. Hallelujah. I'm a flower, but eventually I'm going to be an almond. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, God, use me and have your way in my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. There was not only promise, but performance. It would have been a work of God to show just peeping buds, but the work of God is always complete. He who has begun a good work is faithful to complete it. He's faithful to complete it. Praise God. Praise God. And so God wants us tonight to believe in the maturity and what he's going to produce through us. You might feel like maybe you're all washed out. You're all dried up. I'm telling you, all it takes is one night in the presence of God. One, one, one moment, one night in the presence of God. And then the veil will be opened up, and you'll come out of that place, and you'll be this rod like no other rod. You won't be like the bunch. God has anointed you to be more. Do you think the anointing is just for us to hip-hop and whoopee and everything in the church house and everything, that's an anointing for? No, no, the anointing is for work. The anointing is for use. And the Lord has anointed you, anointed every one of us in this room to be used by him. I'll tell you what, I want, us, I want you to eat your almonds. You can eat them whenever you want to. But I want you to eat your almonds and say, you know, Lord... You're doing something in my life. I've kind of given up on me, but you haven't given up on me. I kind of gave up and think, what's the use? I don't think I can. But you keep looking at me and say, I know you can. I know you can. I know you can. You may be think that you're the old dried up rod, but what you really are is the extension of God's glory what God can do in you. So just believe that. I don't, I don't want to remain the same. I want, I want a people to see the fruit. I want them to receive the best fruit. I want them to be blessed.
How, how many here want to bless somebody? Want to touch somebody? Want to reach out to somebody and minister to somebody? I tell you what, we are a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We're a holy people. We've been called by God to worship him. Show forth praises unto him that's brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Won't you just stand with me? Hallelujah. You believe God's got a plan for you? You believe that you've got a calling in your life and that you're anointed by the Lord? You need, if anything, you know, I know some people, they talk about success and and talk about, you know, building themselves up and building up their self-esteem. They'll get and say, you need to talk in the mirror and say, you're really good looking, you know. And say, how great you look, how wonderful you are. You know, if you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to say something, then I challenge you to get up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, I'm anointed by God. I am a royal priesthood. And God is having his way with me. Glory to God. How many want that, desire that? Believe God has it for you. He has it for you. He has it for you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, touch each and every one of us in this room. Lord, let us see that you are moving us forward. God, uh, that it's not only that we get in your presence, but you're making us progress right. and to move forward and be used by you, God. Let your anointing be poured out upon us in a way that we've never experienced before. Right. Lord, we dare to step in behind the veil and spend that night with you in that moment so that you can transform us, change us, and that the world will see that there's a God that makes a difference. You're a miracle-working God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise up evangelists. Raise up prophets and apostles and pastors and teachers. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you feel the call of God in your life. You go on and praise him. You, you, if you need to shake that bag, shake it, but say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I believe that I'm anointed, I'm called of God. That the Lord is going to Put me on display so that we can suddenly, people can world can see what suddenly God can do in the life of us. Hallelujah. Go ahead and sing. Sing holy. Holy. Your heart. There is nothing, 
I want you to keep singing once we get started here. I just feel led of God that if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Ron, I know God's called me. I know there's something God's wanting me to do, but I, I want to experience his anointing. I want to be anointed and prayed over. The Bible says that the high priests were anointed. You're anointed by the Holy Spirit, but just somehow or another, I just wonder if you're here tonight and say, you know what? I just need to be able to come up and step out and make a proclamation about me and God. And I need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. God's leading me. God's leading me. I want you to just come up here and this is what I want you to do. I want you just to come up this way and walk this way. In Jesus' name. And just stop here. I want to anoint and pray for you right now in Jesus' name. God's speaking to you, dealing with you. Hallelujah. Come on, church. I want you to be praying for folks. Go and line up this way and come up this way. I don't know why, but just the way I pictured it, the way God bring up this way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When I anoint sing you, I want you to walk out. Walk out that way. Because it's, it's going to be symbolic of your walking in that anointing. Not only receiving that anointing, but walking in that anointing in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ, I want you for the service of the Lord, the power of God, the royal priesthood. Anointed for the service of God, anointed by His power and His Spirit. Lord, you have anointed me, you have anointed me, you have anointed me. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Now, you just walk in that anointing right now. Lord, you anoint, 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 I can't walk away. I can't 
just want to be ready. I just want to be where you are. I just want to be near your heart. There is Sing it, ready? I just want to be where you are. I just want to be near your heart. There is nothing like your love. No, nothing like your love. Come on, sing him a new song, Narissa. Holy, 
Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Sing it, Pastor. Holy, holy. Someone sing lead. Go on, sing him a new song, Pastor. Go on. Holy Lord, your presence is so glorious, God. We glorify your name. We lift up the name of Jesus. Holy, oh, holy, 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 Jesus, I love you, Jesus, I love you. Anybody in the house love Jesus? Is there anybody in this room that loves Jesus? Oh Lord, you are holy God, you're a holy God, you're holy God, you're holy, you're holy, you're holy, you're holy God. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, thank you, God, my goodness, glory to God. Man, I gotta tell you, God is working on every one of us. He's molding and shaping every one of us. Hallelujah. Just just yield to the Holy Spirit. Get as full of the Holy Ghost as you possibly right, can. Right. Many people down south are no doubt they feel concerned and panic and scurrying around trying to right. fill up something. I even saw a picture on Facebook. Someone had filled up gas in plastic bags. <laughs> that ain't real. Come on. Put in the back of the car. That's not a good idea. That was Cousin Bubba, wasn't it, honey? No, it's uh, somebody <laughs> very desperate. Can we get desperate with the Lord? Say, God, I want more of your spirit than I've ever had before. I, I want you just to take over, Lord. I want you to fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up to overflowing, God. Mm. The world is needing to hear the gospel. The world is, in essence, a desperate place. They need the answer, Jesus Christ. He's the answer. He's the answer. Yeah, he Over all of the fighting, all the hating, all the yelling, all the, all the other stuff going on, Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. He's the answer. Praise God. It, oh, my goodness. Jesus is the answer. You're good. I didn't I don't, know it was. I don't it's know just the really words. loud. I'm sorry. No, no, that's good. I was talking personally. To I was him. just trying to think if you're wanting me to remember the words that song. I don't remember that well. Maybe you do. No. Are you wanting? You feeling let everybody stay for this or? No. Leah. No. Okay, I didn't know what thank you wanted. You. Well, I'll tell you, folks. Thank you so much. 
for being here tonight. Will you be praying for Sunday morning? God, to move in the mighty way in the house on Sunday morning. God bless you. Guys that I've gotten a hold of, those that might want to help moving the ginormous ladder over here so we can go up on high. Do our ministry of lighting up darkness. If you wouldn't mind going with us, I've got the key to the to the shed. Well, over they're going to do some work in here. Yeah, we're going to do some work. So maybe with the children Whoa, running, they might want to be aware that something's going to be in the way, real big. Hey, the, the keys over Speaking here. Jesus is the answer. answer. For the world today, above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Is that it? Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. I know. Well, I know you have questions. In the corners of your mind, races of confusion. What's the rest? Peace you cannot find. Questions of the past. That's all he will do. He will do. Jesus is the answer for the world today above him there's no other jesus is the way like jesus is the answer for the world today above him there's no other jesus is the way ready i know you have questions in the corners of your mind traces of discouragement and peace you cannot find questions from your past seem to face you every day this one thing that i do know now jesus is the way go ahead i didn't jesus he said he's got to go you don't know that song? Or, oh, I know you do. It's just rolling it old, old. I mean, what? that's old school. That's like ancient old school, isn't it? Deborah, Shelley. Questions of your path. I'm ready. Uh-huh. 